Hello, I'm Andrew, and Wolf, my topic this week is working remote. It's a topic I know well. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I guess you would. Mm-hmm. Majority of my work has so, been, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, sure. Now, my take on this, it's funny, I was kind of thinking of that. There's at least one clip from The Daily Show where they were making fun of, you know, the whole sort of pundit argument thing where... I think it was like John Oliver and, and someone were like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And so I was thinking, you know, I'm going to be against and you're going to be pro. Right? Oh. But no, it's not going to be quite that, that simple. I think if I had to boil it down to one sentence, I would say that I'm not totally against it, but I'm against it as a panacea. And I think, I think there are at least some people out there who tend to say everyone should work remote. It's just what, we, what everyone needs to solve all their problems. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think so. Hmm, okay. So, so I'm going to start by talking about Marissa Meyer. I think it's Meyer. Yeah, it's yeah. Marissa Meyer. Now, she had that memo, and I, I didn't know it was this long ago. It's about two years ago now. It's in February of 2013. Time flies. And I'm going to put a link to a Business Insider post where they, where they gave out the whole memo. And she talked about how she was, she was changing their policy so that they would bring in everyone who had work-from-home arrangements Mm -hmm. so they would come and work in the office from from then on. And that got a lot of negative press and a lot of negative reactions from people in our community Mm -hmm. where people were saying, well, she she didn't get it and she was going to ruin the company. And now, well, Yahoo doesn't actually seem to be doing all that well. Yeah. I don't think we can lay that at the door of, of this policy, which has not actually gotten a lot of attention since then. And there are a couple of things from that memo that that stood out to me, and I'm going I'm to mention a couple, uh, read through a couple of these. She talked about how communication and collaboration will be important, so we need to be working side by side. And the next quote was, some of the best decisions and insights come from hallway and cafeteria discussions, meeting new people, and impromptu team meetings, speed and quality are often sacrificed when we work from home. Hmm. Now, another interesting thing about this memo that people who got the information secondhand wouldn't know is it didn't officially kill off all work-from-home days. It just killed off the idea that you can work from home all the time. So I would actually be curious if they kind of said, well, no, you can't ever work a day from home, or if, you know, okay, you know, once a week is fine. Anything like that. What, what what they've done about that since then. Now, I've worked on both sides mm-hmm. of the work-from-home arrangements. I have had coworkers who were remote at otherwise local offices where everyone else was, was in the office. And I've worked remote myself at offices where some people worked in the local office. So I, I know some things. I know a few things. And I'm going to go through some of that in a minute now. So we're going to start with the benefits. And there are quite a few that I wanted to go over. There's certainly great health benefits for this. Mm. I have found that I, when I go into an office, I get sick mm-hmm. more. Sure. Uh, I get sick actually a decent amount more. So you can get sick from the office mates you, you see every day, especially if they have kids. Because oh, yeah. you know, the kids will, will spread diseases to the parents and the parents will bring them into the office. You can get sick now. If you if you don't drive, you can get sick on mass transit, from mass transit. Even measles. What was that recent? Yes, I was going to mention <laughs> there's, 
<laughs> an article about BART, the Bay Area Rapid Transit, where they did a study on <laughs> they they took what is it uh, samples from the seats and uh, maybe other things in, in BART and the BART trains, and they found a whole bunch of uh, microbes that they couldn't even identify. Mm-hmm. I thought that was and in New York thing, City. Was it New York City? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh no, they found measles on Bart. Measles on okay. Bart, but unidentifiable, unidentifiable, unidentifiable things in uh, New York City subway. Yeah, in New York City. Okay, so I will try to find links to, to those two articles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, no one I know has gotten measles. I have not gotten measles from from uh, mass transit in the San Francisco, but but yes, it is. It has happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know if actually I don't know if anybody's actually gotten measles, but it's, there's been they've discovered those things. Anyway, I'll find the link to it. And even beyond whether you actually get sick or not, uh, the commutes can be wearing on you. Sure. Uh, so you know, I, I would find that I was much I'm much more tired at the end of the day, even if it's basically the same number of hours. If I've had to do a commute back and forth to the office. And of course, then there's the actual well, time. Commutes can be two plus hours a day yeah. for some people. I've never have I ever had them that quite that long. I've probably had you know at one point or another I've had it. But you know if you're spending two and a half hours, even if you're spending them on on a bus, as, as I was at Apple, Apple had the, the shuttles going mm-hmm. back and forth from Cupertino to to various points in the Bay Area. Even then, it's still a lot of time that you can't spend doing anything else. Even if you're you know you're on your laptop and you could do work. So there's time. There's all the conveniences. You know, you you can't get deliveries that come to your home. Yeah. If you if you work in an office, mm-hmm. you it's harder to make evening plans because you've got to well I got to get home, or you've got to kind of deal with the thing where, okay, I've got to stay at the office until the evening plans actually start. So maybe I'm staying at the office later than I normally would mm-hmm. or would want to. Yeah, it's even impacted our podcasting schedule. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, our podcast schedule has changed, uh, depending on whether I'm working remote or not. Mm-hmm. There's dealing with pets. Sometimes, you know, if you have to walk a dog twice a day, right. that, can, that can be a, a pain when you have to go into an office. Children, if you have to walk your children twice a day, no, wait. Um, if, you know, if you deal with, with your kids, pick them up from school, anything like that, it's much easier to work, to schedule that in if you're working from home. And at... And most of the time with, with tech companies these days, they have these open offices where you can often get a lot of noise yeah. from your coworkers. And you don't get any of that when you work from home. You're, you're totally – now, of course, if you have kids, maybe it won't be all peace and quiet. If you've got dogs that bark a lot, maybe it's say, not all peace and quiet. Say meowing cats. <laughs> say meowing cats. But for the most part, I think it's just you get a lot more peace and quiet at home than you would at an office. And, you know, even, you know, if you don't want peace and quiet, if you want music to, to work to, you can do that. And you don't have to worry about annoying anyone else or using headphones. And you control your own thermostat. Control your own thermostat. That could be important in an office. And let's see. Oh, and, and the last thing I had was, was more choice for downtimes, which actually, what does that mean? Well, that means, you know, for example, if you, if you just shipped and you've got a couple more hours in the workday mm-hmm. and your boss says, well, okay, let's meet tomorrow morning. Let's figure out the next thing to do you know you may be stuck kind of twiddling your thumbs oh, yeah. at an office yeah good point whereas at home you know maybe you have all the wdc videos downloaded maybe you've got programming books that you could read you have a lot more options 
for ways to, to handle time. Even if you are doing things that are work-related, then you might if you're just stuck in an office. Uh, and that was something that I found to be true when I was working remote. It was very nice. But there are quite a few drawbacks as well. And my first note here, uh, Skype sucks, Google Hangout sucks. So when you do need to talk with your coworkers in, you know, actual, actual voice communication, mm-hmm. video communication, see their faces, all of the technical ways to do that really suck. And it, it's actually kind of surprising to me that they still suck so much. If you, if you try to do these video conferences with this software that, that most companies use, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little tiny window, mm-hmm. it's pixelated, you can't see very well, it's bad sound. I found that you were generally always kind of shouting to mm. be heard by people at, at any sort of meeting. And what I found with these technologies is that they usually worked, but not always, and they had enough problems, enough occasional problems to screw you up when you least expected it. <laughs> so, you know, you go three weeks straight and everything's fine. And then, you know, one important meeting, you know, bam, huh. you know, the, the, the moderator can't, can't get it working. So nobody can get in. And, you know, so they're fiddling around for a half an hour to, to try to get it working when everyone's just kind of sitting around saying, well, should we have the meeting? Should we put it off? Just enough to, to throw you off every so often. Mm-hmm. And so I found that, you know, it's demoralizing, it's, it wastes time. And so even if all of these weren't that bad, and they are, you, you just can't communicate nuance through these things. It just doesn't, you know, even if you had, you know, relatively crystal clear, it would still not be as good as being in the room with someone and seeing their reaction, seeing the reaction of everyone around you. It's also tru- troublesome for conveying lots of details, you know, you can't use a whiteboard. Whiteboards are useless Yeah, from what I've seen for these sorts of videos. So if you can't use a whiteboard, if you want to share a, a PowerPoint, not a PowerPoint, well, a uh, keynote. <laughs> you can call it a PowerPoint. A PowerPoint. Most people still, you know, enough people still use PowerPoint. You know, you're trying to do a slideshow or something. And again, that's also really, I found that with current technology, that's still difficult. It's not impossible, but it's difficult enough that it's, it's, it's just, I found it to be hard to do. Because I think Skype now, you can say, well, I'll mirror one window to Skype. Mm-hmm. And so that's good. But then you can't see anyone's expressions anymore. Right. You know, so and you have to maybe switch back and forth. And it's just, it's all always troublesome. The next bullet point I have here was interpersonal bonds. And so that, it's a toughie. It's toughie to kind of in, describe everything I mean by that. But if, you, if you're talking with people, not just when you're talking about work, but at lunch, over coffee, over, over beers on Friday evening, you know, in the bathroom, and when you see people, you're just getting more of a chance to get to know people sure. and to, to get a sense of them and to, and to talk about the things which you would otherwise forget to talk about. So you're not exactly friends with these people. They're still just your coworkers. But what I wrote down was that you get to establish a cadence with them, a way of talking with them that means that, that, that things are, you know, that more than just the bare bones are communicated. And you can also adjust your tone. One thing that I have seen is that when you have disagreements with your coworkers, as you will, Mm -hmm. it can be easier to be sure that you keep being able to work together well, if you're there in person and you can make sure that 
that, that you know you don't get too strident, um, you don't uh, overstep, and and you know that makes it that just makes it a lot easier to to deal with and in in the long run. There's also time zone differences. Yeah. Working remote often means working on the other side of the country. And if you are working on the other side of, of the United States, for example, that's three hours of dead time per day, mm-hmm. depending on exactly, you know, exactly when you're doing things. Adds up. And that really adds up. Mm-hmm. That adds up. That, that, can, that can halt you dead if you're like, okay, I, I really, I'm, you know, I'm raring to go. I'm ready to do this thing. Oh, he went home. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm stuck until tomorrow. <laughs> I, I found that you did a lot of kind of working around people. When you when you did that, so if you were supposed to be working closely together, you kind of managed to get it done without working closely together, hmm. and that almost always leads to technical problems down the road. If you're kind of if if the other person if if you're putting in workarounds just for the fact that you can't work together so much. So I found that that sort of close ongoing collaboration is just extremely difficult to do you know the things that you would lean over to the person at the the desk next to you for now you have to set up a time to start a video conference with them it just doesn't it just doesn't work so it's best you know if we're going to talk about well how how would you make it work with remote how do people tend to make it work well they tend to give the person who's remote something that's isolated from everybody else Mm mm-hmm they're going to go off and do this thing, and they're going to come back when they're done, and we'll have that big meeting that we kind of shout at each other for an hour about, <laughs> where we say what happened. You know, you're not going to you're not going to have necessarily in depth code reviews with that person. You're not going to have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Kind of brainstorming meetings with that person. No, you've got the thing that's relatively well defined. They go off and do it. They come back when they're done, and that works okay. Usually, even with that, like, even if it's something relatively isolated, it would still benefit from having closer collaboration with the people who are interacting with that component. And if you don't have it, you don't have it. That's just something you got to deal with. And it's also, okay, you know, I got hired and I'm doing this isolated thing. Well, you know, now I want to do something else or, you know, I'm ambitious. I want to work my way up through the company. You kind of, you know, you can't, you can't do that very well because they can't give you more. They can't give you, you know, the better thing, the thing that comes after that, if it's not as isolated. And that can, you know, that can hold you back. That can keep you from, from enjoying yourself at the company. That can keep you from, from getting the most out of it, them getting the most out of you. So let's see, the, the ending here is, you know, okay, so you do isolated stuff. That's one way to work, work it. I think another way to work it where you can get around some of these issues with cadences, with getting to know people is what I put down was Twitter stars. Because I actually know a couple of people who are kind of stars on Twitter, kind of personalities on Twitter, who have taken remote jobs with companies. And, you know, I don't necessarily know, but it seems like they're probably, they're doing pretty well. And so I wonder if some, if, if you kind of know the person in the same way you would know them from talking with them in the hallways, if you know a person like that through Twitter, maybe that's a way around it. Hmm. Maybe that's a way to do to do better with that because okay, they've got a ready-made kind of personal rapport with you mm-hmm. to do it. But I think you need something like that. You need maybe that you know maybe it's someone you knew in college, maybe blah blah blah. Any, any of the other things you can't 
doing it cold is really difficult. And so you gotta you gotta pick and choose how you're gonna make that work. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've got so far. What are you, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, I would. I well, don't agree with me. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, we are basically in agreement. And uh, I was kind of kind of gearing up to defend remote work, but I think you make a lot of good points. Um, yeah, I've I've definitely seen personally disagreement festering when you deal with people just with high latency over remote channels. Um, yeah, time zones are an issue, and I like. I remember, like in the late '90s, uh, early 2000s, there was this like this. A lot of my friends had a fear where this like, why won't all the programming jobs just go to India? And I think a large part of that yeah. is that it's really two parts: is time zones is a significant issue. Um, the other issue is that it turns out that uh, we actually need more brains than. Even the, the uh, all the brains in all the programming brains in India supply, and so you know, it seems like every country that we that gets spun up with more programming brains, um, like you know, China getting uh, more and more programming talent, they're using it for their own stuff. They don't need need us. <laughs> it's like so. Um, but anyway, well, I've seen a lot of engineers and QA from from like uh, Eastern Europe. Yeah, Eastern Europe is can do a lot of amazing technical stuff. Yeah, mm. and, you know, I I don't think it's it's a problem. You know, so some people have made kind of the more problematic argument that oh, they're just not as good as we are, and I, I definitely don't think that's true. I think there I is think, cultural mismatch yeah. between India, mismatch, right. yeah, mm-hmm. India specifically. Uh, Eastern Europeans seem to have much less of that issue. I'm sure there's still some m- mismatches there or whatever, but. Uh, yeah, so it's it's but technically, I mean, they're 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 doing amazing work. So yeah, um, the I I have to kind of sadly agree with you that in the type of like for the remote work, it's it really maybe the best fit is kind of isolated thing, and that does kind of uh, tends to stifle career advancements inside a corporation. Uh, this hasn't really been an issue with me because I guess I'm not a company man. But uh, and I kind of like to be you know the quote unquote lone wolf of on stuff where they will you know give me a you, you know, said it not <laughs> me I didn't say it I kind of want to you know they I want to kind of the impossible task that they can assign me that I can crank on myself and um, and I don't care if I ever get you know political corporate credit for that um, that's that's yeah. fine by me um, <clears throat> I will say that. And on the pro side of things, that um, there's definitely some sort of balance of power thing here. That the fact that working at home is a perk, uh, I think it tells you right away kind of what, where the what the the return on investment and the trade offs are. For obviously companies with a site to change to our desks and never <laughs> never let us, let us go. Um, in a competitive marketplace, you see more and more of the remote work being offered, and mm-hmm. and right. so so what does that tell you? That I think that tells you that the <clears throat> the companies see it as a disadvantage to them that they would prefer if there was no remote work. And uh, I Yahoo has a lot of trouble, but I you know I can kind of respect the decision of them want you know kind of essentially kind of betting the company. Not really, but you know, along those lines, where it's like we, we need to focus here and we need to pull everyone into the core. Um, 
but I, it's also that it tends to drive off a lot of talented people. So I don't think it was a slam dunk. And of course, well, I mean, Apple does the same thing, right? Apple, right? Apple in general doesn't do remote employees. Oh, they have so a, they have it, well, it's policy. interesting. So they do, right, right. So they this. So we should mention two things about Apple. Uh, number one, there there are. Some there are like remote offices, and it's interesting because those are actually kind of isolated, right? They're like uh, I work in they are in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, not, not Philadelphia. Um, oh man, I'm going to get in trouble. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. There you go. Um, <clears throat> and then wasn't there also an office in the Pacific Northwest? Uh, yes. Yeah. I for, yep. I forget. Same, same kind of deal. Small. Yeah. I forget isolated, what they're working on, but yeah. But a development office, not like a. a a sales office. Right, right. And then there's also uh, like a, a French contingent as well. Um, yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so you're right. These isolated type stuff that can be remote and that seems to work pretty well. Um, the second thing about Apple is that if you do want to remote work remotely there, apparently the, the try and true <laughs> mechanism to do that is that you, you, work a, you work at the mothership for a year or more and then you say... Uh, I'm quitting unless you can make me remote, and then, <laughs> and then they probably will let you go remote. But you have to kind of put in your your time there. And I have a, a few friends have have done that trick. So, little Apple employment advice there for you, for listeners of the show. Um, going back to the the uh, the Marissa Meyer memo that kind of led this type of stuff. Um, she mentioned speed and quality. I assume that she's the author of the memo. I mean, if she wasn't, she was certainly behind. You know, okay. The, I, I yeah. haven't seen the memo myself. The I, I remember when it went around. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, ter- <clears throat> in terms of so speed and quality, I think those are important facets to explore. Speed, I have to agree with her. Yes, and there's there is nothing like a shared whiteboard and having everyone at at the, the desk yeah. together. There's flat out that's the best experience and that's um you, you you mentioned about how if you have to make an appointment to teleconference someone that induces latency versus just asking them a quick question um of course there's you know interruptive benefits and you mentioned with that with kind of the problem with the open office topologies um but in general it, you can you can you can structure things right it also depends on the type of people who, who work there like i know personally i used to be much less intolerant of interruptions than I am now. And uh, so it, it definitely has to do, like, n- not only with the personality, this is where people are where in their current, like, cognitive uh, space. So, yeah, this is a, so brainstorming on a whiteboard together, and that's, I'm, I actually think this actually could be possible with, you know, really large screens and electronic whiteboards and really well done, like, immersive, <laughs> like, teleconference experience. But you're right. No one's well, using that. Well, much better software. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no it, one's doing that. Everyone's just trying no to is, get, right. make do with Google Hangouts. So I've actually not had the, the pleasure to use Google Hangouts directly, but uh, I will, so I will bow to your knowledge of these things. But yeah, it's it's. I have it's like screen shared over like didn't iMessage used to support this, but now it doesn't. I don't even know anymore. But yeah, I did use right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Skype for this type of stuff anyway. Well, but. you can still you can video conference through like iMessage. Mm-hmm. It is possible. Okay, but not for the same number of people that you can through Hangouts. Okay, there you go. So, and um, so the speed. I'm on board with that assessment that, yes, if speed is paramount, then there's nothing be- beats 
bringing everyone in the same room to do that. But I have to part ways when it comes to quality. Uh, in terms of pure quality, I think the best is actually having everyone remote. Um, unfortunately, there's there so there's a, you can have everyone in the same room, you can have no one in the same room where everyone's remote. But to me, the worst possible thing is when you have have like maybe half and half, <laughs> where you have some people in an office but a bunch of people remote. Um, typically, it tends to be more like you have a core team, and maybe you have a couple isolated people that are working on other things remote. Um, that's probably less bad. But uh, in general, the problem with having everyone in the same room is it's a double-edged sword. It's a fantastic benefit is that you kind of get the hive mind going, that everyone's on the same page, and you can move quickly and make decisions. And um, the downside for that is that things don't tend to get recorded and important ideas tend to be lost. And when everyone's remote and you all you have are these thin little straws to communicate with each other, everything tends to have to be written down. And it's kind of like uh, maybe – it feels to me like unit testing. Like it feels like it slows you down at first. But I think it, it actually increases like the – well, I wouldn't say it, it maybe increases the velocity of the company because I, I, I am saying that's – Speed-wise, yes, it, it for one-off projects. Well, actually, I think in the long-term scale, actually, I think it actually even increases the, the speed of your company. The uh, GitHub uh, is... Don't, don't backtrack. <laughs> um, so I guess I am yeah, actually revising my opinion on the fly here, that uh, for sh- short projects, uh, when you're doing a startup, get everyone in the same room. Yeah, definitely. But if you want to build a you know, 10-year corporation, well, I can't believe we're thinking that's actually long-term nowadays. That's obviously not. If you want to build a 100-year corporation, um, yeah, it, it'd be, you really should have everything written down. And nothing. Fo- and if, if you can't get everyone in the same room, everyone has to write everything down, that's great. Because uh, that forces people uh, to... They, they don't. I mean, and that's worse, right? Because then if nobody's taking notes and everybody can't hear everyone else anyway, then you give the worst uh, uh, distribution of, of ideas, of, of information, because half of it's wrong and incomplete and nobody has the record of it. Uh, so I, I uh, use a Paranote to keep track of these notes, and I th- mm-hmm. I, I'm a big fan of Paranote. Um, and it, I've found it very effective. I used to, I would be, if it weren't for Paranote, I would uh, agree with you that don't even try to take notes during me. Uh, not don't take, take, take notes, but more like uh, don't try to do the uh, transcriptionist type thing where you try and capture everything because it's, it's so hard, so difficult for, unless you're going to have actually like a court teletypist or whatever, the, the transcriptionist actually writing this stuff down with their little shorthand. It's just don't even try. But... Uh, Paranote makes it so easy for you to kind of a bullet point as you go to put in timestamps and then quickly rewind and find fragments of conversation that it is it really is a game changing tool. So I, I highly recommend that. Um, but I want to go back to kind of the the quality aspect of it. And if so, I was uh, talking to my friends at GitHub, and GitHub has a culture of putting everything into something like IRC. I think they they're probably still using Basecamp or whatever. But you, the general idea that you have a company that has a, a, a textual chat system, and so GitHub obviously is you know has you know, very nice office in San Francisco, and has a bunch of people making decisions there, and you know they they share that space, and yet they have a bunch of people that also work across the globe, 
And so it's interesting that their dynamic there is that they recognize that decisions will be made in the hallway, and there definitely will be political ramifications for that in terms of career advancement being stifled if you're not there. But in terms of um, the actual business decision that they don't consider anything decided until it hits their, hits their chat, and they will write up the rationale in the chat, and that is their kind of their corporate history. And in some ways, it's like I would, you know, it's, it's, I'm romanticizing this way more than I, I intend to because I'm sure it's filled with anime gifts, and it's hard to actually find the, <laughs> you know, the the highbrow kind of decision making type stuff that really makes a difference. Versus, I mean, I'm sure they chat all day every day, and you know, ninety percent of it is stuff that maybe ninety five percent of the stuff that you really couldn't care less about. But the fact that it is archived, and if you do a good job, maybe tag it and uh, kind of linking to things, then I think you can actually do a pretty good job of making it so that uh, you have these decisions and the rationale behind them written down. And that is, it leads to higher quality, uh, not only software, but also uh, an organization. All right. I, the, it's interesting, yeah, if... if I suspect that you would still, well, I don't know. It, it would be interesting to see when you talk with people, how much gets lost between the conversations that do happen in the hallway and what eventually gets put down in that, that IRC system or that chat system. Right. Whether it's, it is, is it enough for everyone else to, to do that? And more so like, how much extra time is wasted because they yeah. have to spend time explaining what was a very simple, intuitive conversation to people who aren't getting all of that. Mm-hmm. You yeah. didn't, you didn't have a, that, right. that, uh, that experience. It's, I, I suspect that it slows them down more than it speeds them up. Even over, now, the, over it, the long term? Over, yes. Okay. Even over the long term, because they've got to slow down to make sure that that stuff is, is propagated. Hmm. Now, maybe it's propagated more correctly, but they're still slowing down to make mm-hmm. that happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but that's not, you know, in the end, we're kind of swear, g- going off a little bit because we're talking about an entire culture based on remoteness, mm-hmm. which is not really necessarily what I was talking about. I was just talking about individual people who are remote. But it is an interesting extrapolation of that. It, can you make remote work if they're, once you reach a certain tipping point, Versus having it work for just individual people uh, is it's a much bigger topic. <laughs> but I think it would depend a lot on it. It's not just going to be a well. If you just have sixty percent of the people remote, you'll be fine. It it is going to be a, have a lot to do with the culture. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, for me, I think a lot about entropy. And when you're gathering this much data together it's going to be hard to make sure that it stays organized. I think sure. one of the things that tends to happen when you do a lot of things in person is a lot of that data is kept in people's head. And people are actually really good at, at organizing important concepts in their head mm-hmm. to a degree. Of course, you, mm-hmm. you know, things get lost, things get whatever, but, but st- people still will have that core of that stuff in their head. And, and so there's never a written record to be worried about losing it or searching through it or anything because it's in somebody's head. Mm-hmm. And having to putting all the data down on on paper, you know, bits, whatever, mm-hmm. means that now now it's just this, something else that can get outdated, 
mm-hmm. something else that can become kind of a burden to you. Like, you know, I don't know how, GitHub's been around for, for a while now, you know, in internet terms, years and years. And, you know, how much data is there now that you have to pour through to get, to get, you know, back to that information? Is that, is that better or is that worse than, well, it's gone for good because so-and-so left mm-hmm. and we just have to make do with the fact that we don't have it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Pour writing things down is a different usability type of – it has a different usability than keeping things ahead. And it's a nice usability in terms of um, if you – there. I know that uh, some people actually uh, – clearly the minority, but some people actually advocate that you don't have a bug tracker at all. The idea is that right. yes. <laughs> that all you're doing is that you're collecting information that ends up making you feel badly and it's all out of date all the time. And because it does, doesn't matter if you're writing this all this stuff down, it's because the, t- the two or five bugs that you really have to care about, you're going to be reminded of them hourly. And yeah. I, I have to say I'm a bit sympathetic to that idea. Yeah. And when you take human conversations and you end up transcribing them, in one way it's a very good thing in that you can, you know, the, the person who had the conversation can double-check it and uh, um, basically by necessity is in a compressed, more compressed form, and they can agree that that was the outcome of the decision. But on the other hand, it's, um, you, you lose the lossiness of that. And maybe that decision, um, by writing it down, maybe they feel they have to defend it more. And then you get into all sorts of uh, human issues yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it was just like, I had this idea and you liked it, and then a few months later, I'm not talking about it, and you're not talking about it, and this kind of fades away. And there's no ego issue there. Right. So, but that well, was that's kind of a side issue. I, <laughs> I know we're already past our 30-minute mark, so we can probably wrap this up. We can wrap it up. But yeah, it's interesting. And I, I'm going to have to think about this, but I think we might very well come back to this. Okay. So we'll see you next time.